I think three quarters of organizations will openly tell you that the fundamental role of a, of a sales manager is to coach and improve their team. On that basis, why is the most important function of a sales manager not getting the priority that it deserves? You're listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration, a podcast dedicated to helping software executives stay on the cutting edge of sales and marketing in their industry. Let's get into the show. Hi, welcome to B2B Revenue Acceleration. My name is Aurélien Mottier, and I'm here today with Richard Smith, co-founder and head of sales at Refract. How are you today, Richard? I'm very well, Aurélien, and uh, yeah, really appreciate you uh, having me on your show. Very much looking forward to the uh, discussion. And me too, and me too, because it's about sales coaching, and I love sales coaching. Uh, lots of different methodology, lots of different ways to go about it, but so as a an interesting topic. But be- before we go into the details of the conversation, Richard, would you mind introducing yourself in a little bit more details, as well as giving a, an idea of what your company Refract does uh, for your clients? Yeah, certainly. So yeah, I'm the one of the co-founders and the, the, the head of sales here at Refract. We're a, a UK technology company based in Newcastle. I've been in sales personally for about 10 years. I started off as an SDR straight out of university, really with a, in a situation like I think most people find themselves in, not really knowing where what I wanted to do with my career and seemingly felt that my kind of behaviors and personality and kind of career desires were were nicely aligned with the profession of sales. Mm-hmm. So I worked in the software arena all of my career so far. As I said, started as an SDR, literally picking the phone up, booking appointments for salespeople of kind of progress and develop, really doing almost all parts of the sales process since then. And uh, now I'm uh, very grateful to have been uh, founded a, a company and have, have had the chance to, to build out my own uh, sales organization here. I guess the, the reason why we built Refract was was all through my own personal experiences of trying to figure out this whole sales thing along the way. The challenge that I had early on in my career is is actually a challenge that I think is, is more universal. I uh, seriously believe that my success in sales has been very significantly hampered by the the lack of coaching and development that I received early on in my career, how much of my the early part of my career was 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 really about as, as I said, kind of figuring it figuring it all out by myself, making the mistakes and really not benefiting from that continuous uh, input and feedback and, and and mentorship from sales leadership on on how I can improve. I think there's lots of lots of challenges as to why that didn't take place, which I'm sure we're gonna we're gonna get into that on on, on the show. But this problem of salespeople not uh, regularly being improved and, and not having the coaching that that's going to set them up for success is 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 a is a problem being faced uh, across the world and I think is a is a cause of many salespeople not hitting quota, not st- uh, not staying around at their companies for as long as they should, and ultimately the uh, the, the impact that has on the the bottom line for any any business out there. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. So, so Refract is, 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 is basically what is, is it a company that does sales coaching? Is it automation? What, 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 what do you guys do exactly? Yeah, sure. So in a nutshell, Refract analyzes conversations that sellers are having with their uh, prospects and customers and really unlocks the black box of those conversations and surfaces mm-hmm. valuable insights 
to sales leadership, but uh, maybe even uh, wider across the organization about what's happening in those conversations, the, the topics that are being discussed, the competitors that are being mentioned, the questions and objections that salespeople are, are facing, and really surfacing that data and making that more accessible for, for sales leadership so they can have a, a tighter grasp about which conversations they should be paying most attention to, but also lead sales leadership to coaching opportunities by pinpointing where those defining moments in those conversations are taking place and really taking the heavy lifting out of what has been perceived as quite a time-consuming task in sales managers, really uh, coaching and improving those conversations to, to have more successful outcomes. That makes sense. So, so I recently uh, came across one of your articles, Richard, and, and in that article you state that uh, salespeople who own coach are 27% more likely to miss quota. So that's kind of a, a big quarter or a small third than the one that are being coached. Um, so why do you think companies still don't see the value in investing in sales coaching? It's a great question. And I think the key point there, Aurelian, the key word that you use or phrase is uh, don't see the value. Um, it's interesting because when I speak, I, I, I spend my days speaking with sales leaders and sales managers, and I, I, I very rarely come across anybody who says that they don't see the value in coaching. Everybody, everybody talks very openly about that they, they know that uh, coaching is very valuable, that they should be doing it, they should be doing more of it. Um, but the problem is, is that there's one thing about saying, something and there's there's another thing about actually doing it and the, the reality is is that most companies will point to the fact that coaching is such a valuable activity that they know that it really moves the needle in their business but when you actually look behind the scenes the, the reality is that it's still not happening or isn't happening as much or it's not as effective as it, as it should be so there's this big sort of dichotomy between what people are saying what companies are saying versus what's actually happening and we're actually we're actually seeing this happen on the the sales rep level as well, where you know most salespeople say they don't receive any coaching whatsoever, yet their sales management are saying the opposite, that they're saying that they coach uh, regularly. So I think actually a lot of it is the fact that sales management, what they believe they're doing as coaching is not being, is not being seen as that by the actual sales, their, their, their salespeople. There's a big disparity there. And I think the reasons why coaching is maybe not taking place is, is if I'm going to be brutally honest, it, it comes down to excuses. I'm not saying those excuses are, are all non-valid, but you know, people who will say that it's, it's a time-consuming exercise, they don't know how to coach, they don't know where to get started. And it, ultimately, all these things, I think, are these things should be fixed. These are these excuses which can be addressed. And I think when you, when you actually consider the, 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 the revenue impact that good, effective, quality coaching can have, then it's companies should be, should be really uh, using less of those excuses and, and, and paying more attention to it. Yeah, that makes sense. That makes sense. And another question that I wanted to, to, to ask you is around the, the managers, actually. You, you spoke about the manager. And, and, and we, when you manage a sales team, you've got to manage a number. You've got to manage the people above you. You've got to manage the people on the side of you. So you need to work with your boss. You need to work with could be a CEO, CFO. You've got to work with marketing. You, work, you need to work with finance. But you also have to manage your team and manage their number. So in your experience, what are the main reasons why managers can't or don't want to coach? Yeah, it's a, it's a big question to ask. And I think from what I see, it, it, it falls into two buckets. First of all, it's a, it's a perceived lack of time that they see it as a time-consuming exercise. And the other is 
that actually the majority of sales managers get to that position because they were just actually really good salespeople, that they were high performers and by nature of them being high performers, they were promoted to being sales managers. But actually the best the best professionals don't always become the best the best coaches you know we see this in the in the world of football all the time there's been some world class football world class footballers that have been at the top of their game that when they have given their uh, you know chance their arm at, at 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 football management they fail spectacularly and because it's it's not because they were uh, actually that they were actually poor footballers that that wasn't the case it was just that they didn't have the skills and capabilities to to be able to lead a team and they're very two two very separate skills and um, if i just address both of those individually so uh, the, the the time aspect this one really frustrates me because it's not about a lack of time it should actually it's, it's actually a a lack of prioritization i think three quarters of organizations will will openly tell you that the fundamental role of a of a sales manager is to coach and improve their team. On that basis, why is the most important function of a sales manager not getting the priority that it deserves? And we have to look at what are all the tasks that a manager is doing that's actually stopping them or or that that is taking up their time, which is preventing them from doing that really crucial activity. And the reality is that managers are spending too much time looking at dashboards. They're looking at CRMs. They're looking at activity metrics. They're in meetings. uh, You name it. They're being burdened down with all this essentially admin which is taking them away from actually doing the things which is which are really going to improve the performance and move the needle. You know, I, I, most managers will spend copious amounts of time looking at stats and dashboards and talking about those metrics to their salespeople. Yet they don't need to do that because th- those metrics are actually openly available for salespeople to to see anyway. You know, I, I don't need to be told what my activity metrics were last week because I can just log into the CRM and actually see them. I don't need my manager to tell me uh, tell me those things. What I what I want from my manager is I want my manager to to say okay you know you closed less deals last week or you booked less meetings last week than than your peers you actually you actually made a similar amount of calls or you know you you've got a similar amount of pipeline and I want to understand well how come this person over there is actually what what is he doing differently in his conversations and what is he what what is what what are the behaviors that he has that that's making uh, him more successful and this is what coaching should be it should be analyzing the why versus the actual the actual outcome. So I think ultimately it's about prioritization. I think and I think that stems from the top down as well, Aurelian. I yeah. think I think when I'm talking about the C the C suite here, an activity which drives the needle so significantly as as coaching, they should be the top down should be actually telling their managers, you need to find time in your calendars to uh, to be to 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 to, to, to coaching and we're gonna make sure that's prioritized. So that's that's kind of covers off bucket number one. Yeah, um, the the second bucket was around managers not knowing how to coach, and this is maybe a bigger issue and a very much more real issue and, and and real excuse because coaching is not a skill that everybody just learns overnight. You have to be trained how to coach. You have to learn how to give feedback in the right way. You need to know who you should be spending most time coaching in your sales team. And again, I think a lot of managers are just promoted to those positions and they're just told, okay, go ahead and coach and improve your team but they don't know where to begin and i think companies need to de- take more seriously about enabling their managers giving them the tools and the the education on how to actually coach their reps and i think when we do that managers get more confident um, about coaching and they get more serious about wanting to do it too yeah that makes sense and and, and for the first for the first element of, of your of the answer to your previous question how would you think the, the use of technology is actually changing the 
the sales coaching, the, the, the management of resources? Do you think it's actually confusing things? Do you think it's it's helping? Because there is always that uh, that saying of give a give a fish to a man every day and he will come back the day after and the day after to have a fish you know from you or teach him how to fish and he will become a fisherman and you can go away and they will mm. with themselves. So do you think technology can actually help you to not just give you the numbers and give you tasks, but also give you the fundamental as to the why need to change what needs to be done, what needs to be coached. So basically doing the analysis behind the number to really understand the areas of improvement. Is there technology that actually do that? And do you think they, they help? So, and do you think they're being deployed sufficiently to support to support sales leaders? Yeah, it's a good question. I, th- I think before we look at the technology, we have to just make sure that the culture is right in a business because if the culture isn't right, the technology is just not going to be valued, it's not going to be used. So companies have to make sure that they've actually got that culture of coaching, that they've got people in the business who want a coach, who, who wants to improve pe- uh, salespeople. And they have to also have a culture, again, from the top down, understands the, the value of coaching you know, if we dedicate serious time to this, then we've seen the the impact on quote retainment. We've seen the impact on staff retention. We've seen the impact on you know keep keeping a hold of our top performers. So once you've got that 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 culture, then technology just becomes the enabler in helping make that a, a, an effective process. And coming back to the, the the challenge of time, Aurelian is to probably one of the the, the number one factor as to why I hear. Sales, sales managers aren't coaching. And I'm not saying that people don't have time. Sales managers are some of the busiest people out there. And we have to be finding ways to actually, well, if we need to, for them to see that coaching is, is not an arduous process and technology can help with that. So when we look at how tools like Refractor being utilized, you know, we're telling sales leaders, which are the conversations that they should be paying most attention to? Here's a thousand sales conversations over the past two weeks. Out of those conversations, which are the ones where there is the most coaching opportunity? Where are the missed opportunities? Where are the, the conversations that, that managers should be spending and, and making the most of their coaching time? So and in that regard, where uh, technology is helping managers understand where they should be uh, applying their, their limited coaching time. But there's also benefits here, not just, uh, you know, I'm talking a lot about managers here. The benefits of coaching can actually be seen on the rep level. And what I mean by that is we're seeing a huge trend of uh, things like peer-to-peer coaching where um, salespeople are actually can become even more effective at giving their peers feedback and helping to support their peers than uh, as, as much as their managers can. So, you know, as, as, a, as in a sales team, we're all having the same sales conversations. We're all facing the same objections. We're all dealing with the same situations every single day. And oftentimes just being able to give uh, embrace peer-to-peer feedback, uh, give our colleagues the chance to give a secondary perspective. We're seeing that, that approach being used more and more in businesses. And it's actually taking a lot of the responsibility away from, from managers and, and technology is just becoming a way to, to make that process easier for, for salespeople to give each other feedback, to, to get insights into what the, the, the conversations that their peers are having. So, and the other key thing about why technology is, is helpful in driving that culture is one of the big fall downs of coaching is that coaching isn't tracked, is not measured. If it's not, if it's not measured, then it's not going to be effective. And technology has the ability to actually track outcomes of coaching sessions and, and gives very real metrics about is the is this salesperson actually changing their behaviors? What are the things that the salesperson needs to work on? 
and, and how can we actually make that a measurable activity so um yeah i think fundamentally it's about culture but then secondly the technology is there to really drive that change and really make that process as as, as simple as possible and, and speaking about culture because i think it, it and it's kind of my last question it's probably a wide broad open question but i think when you are a sales manager and sometimes individuals find it difficult to, to kind of clean their front door so if you go to them and say hey you're managing a team can you get them to do that? Why are you not empowering to do that? And you, know, you, you can pick all in everyone's ability to manage a team. It's very easy to pick all from the outside, and particularly if you've got a bit of experience. And it's also very difficult, I think, for the individual managers, and, and particularly if they've been promoted from within, which is something that you mentioned earlier on. You know, a good footballer or a good soccer player for American audience uh, might not be a good coach. You know, they may be a great individual, they may have fantastic skills, but they can't, they don't have the people management skills. Mm-hmm. And, and, and unfortunately, we all have to deal with that, you know, and we all love the promotion from within because that is building up culture from my perspective. Now, sometimes it's difficult to get people to change and it's difficult to get people to realize that, you know, their baby is ugly in a way, you know, which is, uh, which is, which, which is sometimes true. And, and, and the question that I wanted to ask you is, based on that, so this is it's kind of an opinionated question that I will ask you, but, uh, do you think it's better to, to get the sales coaching done internally or get it done externally? And, and basically having another pair of eyes, which is not your internal team, to look at what you are doing to empower people and eventually direction as to what you should do. Yeah, great, great question. I think when we look at some of the, the big challenges that companies have, in creating coaches in their in their team it's because they they're not they're not arming their managers with the actual skills and capabilities to be effective coaches and oftentimes businesses they don't even have the expertise in house to to be able to 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 teach to coach managers to be better coaches and in those situations i'm an advocate of looking for out, outside support for you know finding people who can actually develop the skills of managers and I do believe there, and we we work with organisations who are essentially they're they're providing coaching as a service, and you know we 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 partner with about a hundred sales coaches and consultancies who are doing that coaching as a service on behalf of clients who don't have the resources or the time or capacity capacity to be able to do that coaching on a regular on a regular basis, and actually the that that's that's. I, I believe that's a really great solution for companies who just don't have the infrastructure or the, the, the personas internally to be able to do that themselves. That being said, I don't think businesses can grow just being reliant on external providers to, to do that. I think, um, I think companies, it's a great way to start. And I think over time to become self-sustainable, they have to at some point you know, create that coaching culture because it's going to be more cost effective as an overhead in the in the, in the long run. But it's also going to, I think, when we when we when we make our own people better coaches, that builds better relationships with the sales reps. And when we have better relationships with the sales reps, they're typically going to be bit more motivated. They're going to be more driven, and that has huge impact on on staff retention. So yeah, I think I think there's a place for both. Um, but I think. I'm a you know big believer in looking for outside support if you don't feel like you have those capabilities internally, even at a senior level. And I think uh, we're seeing a real big trend in the market of companies investing in things like coaching as a service without out- outsourced providers. But I think 
for longevity, uh, like with anything else. They need to they need to create that coaching culture because that's the thing that's you know they're going to uh, become more uh, sustainable in in the long run. Yeah, and I'm going to get carried away. I know that so this is this is my last question, but that, that this one is definitely my last one. <laughs> uh, you know, I'm I'm a big believer in in self coaching. I've been promoting quite a few few people in my teams over over the last few years, and and I've always looked at people who can who can adapt, you know, that chameleon in the team, someone that will read, someone that will listen, someone that will get into a podcast like the one we're recording just now and try to get some perspective from the outside and adapt that in their day-to-day work. So I'm a big believer in self-coaching and I've got a lot of respect for people who actually take a good look at themselves in the mirror every day, try to understand what the gap in their skills are and go and try to get the information themselves. Not just wait for their manager to give it to them. Because yeah. I, I don't think that's fair. If you know your, what your, your issues are and what you need to work on because you've, you've been told, you should do whatever it takes to go and get that information. You should do whatever it takes to go and develop that skill. That, that's my perspective on things. Now, how do you get people to do, I guess it's a two, two-sided question, but how do you get them, first of all, to realize what the, the gap in their skill set is without, without, um, without upsetting them in a way? Yeah. And also, how do you encourage people to go and self-teach themselves? Because there is lots of resources out there. You've got audio books, you've got methodology, you've got lots of podcasts like B2B Revenue Acceleration that you can listen to. But how do you actually get people to get, how do you motivate them to have the appetite to go and self-coach themselves? Yeah. So, so you know, you said it yourself, Aurelian, being a big believer in self-coaching. And, and actually, I, I completely echo that because sometimes the, the best, the best coaches are actually ourselves. And I'll give a great example of this. I see it frequently in businesses, and I've had this myself. With a, we do you know weekly coaching sessions here at Refract, and I do one-to-one coaching sessions. And what I'll do is I'll get one of my salespeople, for example. Example, let's just take an SDR. And this this happened very recently, and they had a, they'd had a sales call, and they felt like they had, they had a good conversation with the prospect conversation was about six minutes long but the conversation didn't convert to an appointment and this, this the sdr kind of came off the course so i don't know what happened just it all seemed to be going so well had a good conversation but the prospect was completely non-committal they didn't want to they didn't want to book a demo uh, can you listen can you listen to the call and tell me what what i could have done differently and i said okay before i do that why don't you just listen back to that conversation yourself and i want you to tell me what you think you could have done differently in that situation so they said, okay. So they listened back to the conversation and lo and behold, they came back to me and said, Rich, here's, here's four or five things in the conversation I think I could have done differently in that situation. And you know, they, they picked out points where they, they'd missed out some key signals from the prospect, which they could have picked up on. They identified they'd just been talking a bit too much on the, on the sales call. They, they felt that they closed the, tried to go for the close too late. All of these things were absolutely bang on the money. Like these are the, these are the same things that I personally would have given feedback on, but the the the, the SDR actually had identified those things themselves without me having to even point them out. And it's amazing what happens that when we self reflect, when we listen back, when when we take a look at ourselves, it's amazing how much we can actually identify and course correct our our, our ourselves. So I think any company could uh, should be embracing that of. Don't just get managers to give all the answers because that's not always the most effective way of coaching. Often get get salespeople to just try and figure out the answers themselves, and ninety percent of the time they'll be able to they'll be able to figure it out. Um, how can we encourage that more to happen in organisations? I, I think 
key part of this is is starting to share what 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 top performers do differently. Being able to share conversations or opportunities or experiences or stories from our top salespeople. What do those conversations sound like? What, why is this person who's constantly top of the leaderboard? What are they doing differently? What are they saying? What are the questions they're asking? How do they handle objections? Start to expose that more across the business because guess what? Salespeople are they're very competitive. They, they, want to, they want to know why they're not top of the leaderboard. They want to know why this person who sits across the room or in another office gets so much better results than they do. So let's just, just let's start exposing that and sharing that and let's start trying to take those, take those uh, examples of what others are doing uh, and, and starting to learn off others. And I think when you get that culture of collaboration where you're sharing what just simply what the top performers are doing differently, then salespeople are going to start to ask and start to seek out that information more and more. And I think that's where we see, again, that, that culture of coaching and a culture of um, self-improvement really building in, in businesses. Yeah, I completely agree with you. Well, thank you very much for that, Richard. So uh, at this stage of the, the conversation, because we, we need to close off, um, I always ask the question to, to our guest, which is, if someone wants to carry on the conversation with you, take it offline, uh, potentially look at, at what Refract could do for their business. Because let's face it, the reason why we speak is because we look at Refract as a solution for varieties, and we think it could be a great help for us. And I think you guys have actually done a, a great job in the in the approach, in the demand creation and all that. So. Uh, I do believe that your sales training is on point. But if anyone wants to uh, wants to follow up with you, get in touch, pursue the conversation, speak about what Refract could do for their business, what's the best way to get hold of you, Richard? Yeah, the, the, the best way, Aurelian, is, is just to connect with me on LinkedIn. I'm, I'm quite active there. And even if somebody just wants to have a conversation about coaching, not about Refract, I'm, you know, I, I feel like I've, I've learned a few things along the way. I'm by no means a coaching expert, but I'm happy to share any ideas, success stories, best practices of what we see working. If you are you know, looking to build that culture, you feel like you're, there's something missing in your business, which is, which you think, or, or you just feel like you, you could be doing a better job as a sales manager or sales leader, you know, just, just drop me a message. I'll, I'll be happy to have a, a very informal chat. And, and um, yeah, LinkedIn, Richard Smith, Refract, you'll be able to find me is the best way to, to contact me. Good stuff. Well, it was great to have you on the show, Richard. Thank you very much for coming today. Yeah, appreciate it. Thanks very much, Aurelian. Operatics has redefined the meaning of revenue generation for technology companies worldwide. While the traditional concepts of building and managing inside sales teams in-house has existed for many years, companies are struggling with a lack of focus, agility, and scale required in today's fast and complex world of enterprise technology sales. See how Operatics can help your company accelerate pipeline at operatics.net. You've been listening to B2B Revenue Acceleration. To ensure that you never miss an episode, subscribe to the show in your favorite podcast player. Thank you so much for listening. Until next time.